Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology. Because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life, that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. Well, hey, good morning, Rise Church. So excited to be with you this morning. If you didn't catch us during worship, my name is Pastor Donald Johnson. I'm one of the assisting ministers here at Rise Church of Southeast Idaho. And so we're just so excited that you're with us this morning. Thanks for jumping on live with us. Uh, As Pastor Ben said in a video yesterday, we would so love to have you in our building and to meet with you in person. But the circumstances and the wisdom show that we needed to go live this week on live stream rather than hosting services in person. And that keeps everyone safe. And then the hope is that we will go back to in-person services this coming uh, Sunday. So watch for updates on that just as far as how our team is doing and all that we have going on. But Oh, today, I wanted just to share with you some things that have been on my heart. And as we've gone through the season of 2020 and now into 2021 uh, with uh, a global pandemic and, and just all that we have going on, there is a lot of stuff happening. And sometimes we need a reminder that even in some of the worst circumstances, God can do something amazing. So this morning, if you would grab your handy dandy iPad, electronic device or Bible and turn with me to the book of Daniel, we're going to be in Daniel one shortly, very briefly, and then jump into Daniel three and, uh, and we'll go from there. So one of the, one of the things that's just been on my heart this season is looking at some of the characters that we see in the word that maybe are less discussed. Um, and, uh, and what we all know is the story of Daniel. We know Daniel's story. Uh, if you don't, I really encourage you to read the book of Daniel. It's fantastic because of the growth that God does and, and, and taking him from one position to another. But what we also see is the people who then partner with the vision that Daniel has. And those people would be Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego. If you didn't know those names, they originally would have been listed in the um, in the scripture as Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. But uh, as they uh, as we find later in the scripture, there is a change that happens. And what does it happen? Well, in Daniel one, King Nebuchadnezzar sequesters men from Israel, so Israelite men to Babylon, and Specifically, he says, he orders, uh, it says in Daniel 1, uh, verses 3 and 4, the king ordered uh, Asvenza, (laughs) say that a few times fast, chief of his court officials to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. So interesting, he's looking for people who are well-cultured, who would have been 
uh, well-fed, well-kept, all those kind of things. He's he's trying to find the best of the best that's out there. Now, albeit he's taking them into prison, but he's looking for the best of the best. And it says, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve the in the king's palace, and you, the, the king's chief, will teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. So what we find is among Daniel being part of that group, one thing you might know about Daniel or know that some churches do is called the Daniel fast. So in scripture, we see that Daniel is approached and they're basically trying to feed these Israelites uh, all kinds of food. And rather Daniel denies that and says, no, give me basically vegetables and water. So no animal products. And, uh, the guard is saying, no, we can't do that. Cause if we do, if I do that and you then go before the King looks sickly, he's going to kill me. I, I'm not willing to do that. And Daniel has favor with him and convinces him says, no, give me only what I've asked for. And Meshach, Radshach, and Abednego partner with Daniel and actually are one of the few men that choose to eat just vegetables and water. And, they, and the purpose behind that was to show King Nebuchadnezzar that it's not his food that makes them strong or gives them ability, but it's rather it's God. And so what we find later in scripture, it says in, um, in Daniel 1.19, that some of the qualities of these men, we also see in Meshach, Radshach, and Abednego that the Bible says there was none equal to Daniel and the other men that fasted with him. None equal. Now, there would have been many men that were sequestered for the king's service who, who realistically were prisoners for the king's service. And yet, we see that even though they have taken a, a diet that realistically is not there to keep them healthy... Or, or would give them necessarily the right sustenance to, to live well and to, um, to, to serve the king well. There is no one else in that group of people who had access to all of the best food from the king's table. None of them are equal. And in fact, the scripture says that they were 10 times better than the men who would have served alongside of them in that space. So, Meshach, Radshach, and Abednego partner with Daniel in, and also then go the next step farther and partner in his interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. We see in chapter two that Daniel is called before the king to explain uh, this, this dream. And there's so much that's going on around Daniel and, and the favor that is being grown. So we see that at this point, Daniel is then promoted to the head of the mystics because he has given uh, King Nebuchadnezzar a revelation to his dream that none of his other key advisors could do. And then as as part of that, Daniel's breakthrough and Daniel's movement from the dungeon to the king's side, to the head of all of the mystics in his kingdom, we also then see that he makes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over Babylon. So now they're from captured authorities or captured uh, men to uh, their authority has then gone over the city that they were captured into. That's crazy, right? That Meshach, Radshach, and Abednego, Daniel, and, and any of the other men that would have, would have aligned themselves with Daniel in that time, but these four that we see in scripture, is that they made a decision 
to say, no, we believe and trust that God is going to do something miraculous. And we want to see him come and do that here. And so we're going to follow through, partner with Daniel, partner with what God's doing and see breakthrough. And they do, right? They see some huge change from being prisoners to being administrators over Babylon. But then we come to Daniel 3. So if you have been following along now, if you would come uh, to Daniel 3, verse 1 through 6, and I'm going to read that to you now off of my handy dandy iPad. So it says, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, an image of himself, 60 cubits high and six cubits wide. Now, after this amazing encounter with Daniel and showing Daniel showing him his dream, Nebuchadnezzar forgets that almost and then builds an altar to himself. Crazy. And it set and it set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other provincial officials to come to the dedication of this image that he had set up. So now, not only has he made this image of himself, he's setting something up, and we're going to see that here. So the satraps of prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all of the other provincial officials assembled from the dedication for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar set up, and they stood before it. Now, it's it's important to note that Meshach, Radshach, Abednego, and Daniel would have been part of this group of people. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear all kinds of music from the horn, the flute, the zither, the, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of the gold uh, the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. What a punishment. So not only must you worship this statue that King Nebuchadnezzar put up, but if you don't, he's going to have you killed and burned to death crazy. Why, why would anybody do this, especially having an encounter with God? And we see that as a pattern with King Nebuchadnezzar. And sometime after having that initial moment with Daniel, he makes him the head of the mystics. He forgets about it. He makes the statue. Oh, by the way, the statue's nine feet wide and 90 feet high. It was likely put on a high place so that no one could miss it. And it was definitely a very vain maneuver by King Nebuchadnezzar. Why? I'm speechless when I read some of these passages. But sometimes it speaks to the truth and the reality that people might have an encounter with God, and it may take a few times for them to realize how valuable he is. And so we can't give up. We have to continue giving those opportunities for people to see Christ. And not only that, King Nebuchadnezzar, we see later in the scripture, has probably the most radical or one of the most radical experiences in all of scripture. And I want to show you that. So we, we see this later on in chapter 3 
the other men, so the astrologers, the mystics, the people who would have been underneath Daniel, as far as hierarchy is concerned, it's safe to say that they don't like him. Because not only could he do something they couldn't do, he got promoted above them from the dungeon. Could you imagine if you were working at your job just on a purely, just go with me, okay? So you're working at your job. You've been working for 15 years. You're just grinding away. You're doing all the things. And then someone who has a real shady past, right? who who went through uh, the prison system, did all that stuff, immediately gets promoted above you. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. The hope is, is that person has been rehabilitated, that they've gone through their time and now they're ready to make the best of their life. And that's what we want, right? But sometimes people get frustrated when someone comes from the bottom and gets promoted above them. And we see that example here that, that these men were not exempt from that concern and that feeling. And so they go to the King Nebuchadnezzar and they say that these Jews do not pay attention to your gods. They don't pay attention to you and they won't worship your gods or your statue. So King Nebuchadnezzar summons Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, and he's furious. He's furious. I promoted you from the dungeon. I brought you out of nothing, and I put you to where you are, and you won't worship me? So in verses 13 through 15, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? It's a leading question. Nebuchadnezzar knows, but he's giving him an opportunity and trying to have his version of mercy on them. So he says this, now, when you hear the music of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image that I have made, very good. It's a, it's a veiled threat, right? It feels like that. You can feel it coming. But if you do not worship it, he says, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace that God will not be able to rescue you from. But I love this next part. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in unison would have a, would reply, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if God does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that you will not serve we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. You guys, <laughs> you're in front of a king who's threatening to kill your life, right? That sounds redundant. He's threatening to end your life. <laughs> and all you have to do is bow down and worship his statue. But we know that our God's bigger than that. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, no way. No way, Jose, we are not doing that. No offense to any Jose out there. But no way are we doing that. 
we are going to worship our God and we are going to pursue him. And even if we get thrown into the fire and he doesn't pull us out and we, we still get burned and we still have, oh, we know that we're going to spend eternity with him first off. But second, it doesn't change our answer. That blows my mind, you guys. Blows my mind that someone could stand before you and threaten your life and you could say, no way. No way. I'm not changing anything that I've said or done. And I'm not going to do anything different. So Nebuchadnezzar says later on in the scripture, Nebuchadnezzar summons his most uh, furious warriors, his biggest, strongest warriors to tie up uh, Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego. And generally that would be to keep them from running away from the furnace. And he orders after this, this stark, harsh comments from Meshach, Radshak, and Abednego, he tells them to heat the furnace seven times hotter than it normally would be heated. Now, the type of furnace that was probably there likely would have started to delaminate essentially and come apart with that kind of heat. And Nebuchadnezzar doesn't care. He's so furious, so anger, so angered, has so much rage that he is willing to burn down his entire structure to set these guys in his furnace. And so he burns them, uh, prepares to burn them out. So you can, it's safe to say that they probably couldn't breathe because of all that they had tied up around them as tight as they could possibly go. And shortly after that, the guards actually die that go to take the, uh, um, Radshak, Meshach and Abednego to throw them in the furnace. So not only is King Nebuchadnezzar furious, heat up his furnace seven times as much as possible as he did before or ever would have, but he is willing to sacrifice some of his best men to take these guys and throw them in the furnace. Wow. Wow. And then it says this in verse 24, and this is where the story and where the hope comes in. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there only three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? And they replied, certainly, your majesty, we wouldn't have thrown anybody else, right? They, they knew who was supposed to go in the furnace. But he exclaimed, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. So these men stand their ground, know who God called them to be, knew that they were not willing to sacrifice anything, anything. Doesn't matter whether it was their life or something else. And they were thrown into the fire and what we what we believe in the scriptures, the pre-incarnate Jesus was with them and walked them out of the furnace. And so it says, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It just gets me every time. Servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps 
prefects, governors, royal advisors crowded around them, and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. The Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied, defied the king's command, and they were willing to give up their lives and to worship him. How often do we go through life or go through these seasons in our lives where we're struggling whether it's, it doesn't matter what it is, right? Financially, uh, our, maybe our health is declining or, or, or we're fighting cancer or something else. We can go through all of this stuff and there's these little compromises that come on and happen. Oh, it's okay if I worship this thing, this whatever, insert whatever that thing is for you. It's okay if I compromise here. What we find is when we stand our ground for Christ, when we stand our ground for his character, who he is and who he's made us to be, not only do we shut the mouths of lions, not only do we walk out of furnaces, figuratively, hopefully, right? But not only do we walk out of furnaces that were meant to destroy us and devour us, we walk out unscathed. The scripture says that they had no hair on their body singed, that their tunic was not scorched, and that they had no smell of fire on them. They were completely and totally protected. I have to ask you this, church. Are we at a place right now in southeast Idaho and the surrounding areas where we're willing to stand our ground and see Southeast Idaho changed. Are we there? Are we ready to go to that place? Because it takes battle. It takes battle. It takes having courage that, and knowing that the God of heaven, the one true God, is ready to partner with you and to see people's lives changed. What testimony does that speak about Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego? They went in as advisors into the furnace, but when they came out, they were much more than that. They were ambassadors. And what we will see is that church, if we're willing to stand our ground, to stand who on who Christ is and not compromise on the gospel, we will see that we will become ambassadors for Southeast Idaho. Are you ready for that commitment? I, I am. I'm there. I'm pursuing it. I want to see Southeast Idaho encounter the one true God. To have experiences that they can't explain, that are outside of their grid, but is so good about who God is. It lines up with his character, his word, all that he is and encounter them right where they're at with the God of heaven that cares about them and their life. It's time church. Let's get after it. Let's go. I'm so excited 
for where we are going as church. Rise Church, you know, if you've been with us or a part of our congregation for any time, you know that we are gearing up for something. It's time to gear up. It's time to have hope. It's time to be expectant that God is going to do something miraculous and amazing. If you remember my sermon from a couple weeks back, I referenced The Incredibles and I was just watching it recently with my kids and I remembered this scene. Mr. Incredible comes home. He slips on a skateboard and he crunches the, the, the frame of a car. And then he goes to close his door and his door won't close. And he swings it, swings it and slams it and smashes the glass. And he gets so frustrated because nothing's going right that he picks up the car and he's preparing to throw it and realizes that like little Timmy, whoever, his neighbor kid is in his driveway, watches him pick up the car and he sheepishly puts it down and runs inside. The kid says nothing. Well, then later on in the movie, days later, we see that the little boy is waiting at the end of the driveway. And Mr. Incredible turns around and looks at him and says, what are you looking at? And little Timmy responds, I don't know. Something amazing might happen. Church, it's time to get after it and be excited for God to do something amazing. I'm so excited for where we're going as a church. I've said that too many times already. So I just want to pray for you this morning. If you are in the place where you've never encountered God, we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. And so I ask that if you're there and listening to this message, would you just pray this prayer with me? But if you are someone who's maybe walked away from the Lord or just needs to reconnect, maybe you're someone who's just with us and you identify with us and you're like, man, I want, I want that. I want to stand up. I want to see God exalted in Southeast Idaho. Let's go. Let's go. So for those of you first time ever encountering Jesus, would you just pray this with me and just welcome Jesus into your heart? We would love to connect with you once we get live in-person services going again. But would you just pray this? So Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. I profess with my mouth and I welcome you into my heart that, Jesus, you are my King, my Lord, and my Savior. And I ask that you would cleanse me of all sin and that you would make me in right standing before you. And I pray, God, that you would teach me how to pursue you and to know you in deeper and deeper ways. I just give my life to you now, Jesus. And I call you my Lord and my Savior. Amen. So Jesus, we just bless this church from the tip of their head to the soles of their feet, that everywhere they go, they would take ground for the kingdom of God. And we just release that over you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for being a part of Rise Church and joining us this morning on our interim live event. So excited to have you with us. If you need anything, feel free to message our Facebook page uh, or reach out to one of the pastors that are listed, and we would be happy happy to pray for you, to dig in with you, whatever that might be. We would love to partner alongside of you. God bless you and have a fantastic week. Love you, church. Bye. Hey, thanks again for joining us. If you have been blessed by Rise Church, be sure to follow us and share it on your social media. You can subscribe to a podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to give yet, 
You can do so at risechurchid.org or send a text message with a cash amount to the number 84321. And remember that the mission field is all around you, so go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.